Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Book Journeys Radio. My name is Dr. Angela Loria. I am the president of the Author Incubator and the founder of the Difference Process for Writing a Book That Matters. Every week on Book Journeys, we talk to an author about their experience writing their first book, and today we have Jenny Withers. Jenny is the author of Hey, Get a Job, a Team Guide for Getting and Keeping a Job. Jenny, thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me. So, um, so, so tell us about the book. What's it about? Um, it was designed to help kids uh, get that first job, uh, to know how to look for a job, where they can find openings. Um, now, is this like a part-time up. job while you're in high school or like a summer job, or is it like your first you know, full-time job? Um, it's it's for high school kids. Um, I actually wrote it when I was teaching job skills to ninth graders. And oh. so we're talking high school kids, you know, that first job, either a summer job or a part-time job, uh, but that first work experience. And so and so the focus was really to help them get the, the first bit of work experience for their resume or for their college applications. Um, why how, how did it how did it come to be? Why did you decide to write it? Uh, well, like I said, I, I was teaching job skills to ninth graders and I and I absolutely was shocked at how much they didn't know. I think that teenagers are are apt to think that they know more than they do, and they aren't very apt to let their parents help them. And so I was shocked at how much they didn't know, and then I was also shocked at how much information there wasn't out there. Um, There's a lot of information for college graduates, you know, people who are going into the workforce full-time. And so I started doing a lot of research and talking to a lot of employers who hire high school kids and things like that. And so I had this great lesson plan and I had all of this great research. And so I decided to write a book and share it with more than just the kids that I taught. And and how did that, so did other people suggest that or like how, because there are lots of teachers, probably lots even listening to this call, that have lesson plans and they have a ton of content, but it doesn't come into their head to do it as a book. I mean, even if there is a lack of information out there, a lot, I, I don't know very many teachers at all that have written books and certainly lots of them have the content to do it with. So yeah, what, absolutely. what inspired you? Um, well, I was like most teachers. We are um, we are very open sharers, um, and so the process kind of it was twofold. N- number one, I was sharing this content with a lot of other teachers, and they um, I had a lot of my colleagues tell me, "Hey, you, you should really write this into a book because it's it lends itself kind of to a workbook form for one thing. You know, there's there's a lot of activities for kids to do in preparation to fill out that application or to write that resume or to interview and those kinds of things. Um, and then the other thing was whenever I had a parent night um, at school and I would be explaining, hey, this is what I'm going to teach your kid and all of this, I mean, parents were just, oh, wow, I'm so glad you're teaching this. And 
you know, because we can't find anything and, and those kinds of things. And so that kind of just led me to decide to write the book and I've always loved to write. So, wow. Um, I mean, I think that's a great example of, um, repurposing content that you already have out there. What, for you, what are some of the advantages of being an author? What are, are, has it been easier for you to get teaching gigs? Have other opportunities come to you as an author? Um, absolutely. Uh, you know, I taught for 16 years. I'm, I'm no longer teaching. Um, I decided to kind of go a different way, and I, and I decided to go a different way with the writing. Um, and I can honestly say that I wouldn't have gotten the positions that I've gotten if it weren't for not only having the teaching background and the, the English background, but also having been an author and a, a published author, things like that. Um, so give you know, people a hint of that. Like, is that something that comes up in interviews? Does it come up? Um, you know, on, on cover letters or resumes, how does that come up for you? Um, it has come up in, yeah, I put, I definitely put it on my resume because, um, after I wrote the book, you know, I, I, um, I got some speaking engagements and I started presenting, um, well, for example, I started going out to, uh, a juvenile detention center and talking to those kids about job skills and getting a job and, and I've spoken to other teachers. And, and so all of those things, you know, not just writing the book, but the speaking engagements um, and, and things like that, they're on my resume. And so, yeah. and so it's really helped. And, and obviously, you know, I've had um, interviewers say, oh, I see you're a, a published author. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so it, it makes me more impressive, and so you know, I, I'm I'm currently a technical writer, um, and but I'm switching jobs in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to be a digital content manager, and I'm going to mm-hmm. write web content and also help um, the personalities that I'll be dealing with write blogs to put yeah. on, the, on the web. And I mean, you know, I the, think the it's it gives you a credential that is just very hard to compare to any other credential, and I don't know why, because you obviously don't know a whole lot more about job searching now than you did, you know, two weeks before you published the book, but somehow right. just being able to say you're a published author makes makes people take notice and pay attention in a different way. Right, and and it's not that, you know, not everybody is a best-selling author. Um, for those of us who are not, you know, for those of us who publish to a very small niche market, um, yeah, it, it's a great way to open doors to other things. Yeah. And so, and you've decided kind of to get out of teaching and move into more of a writing career. Did your experience writing a book influence that decision? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I... I knew that I always knew that I liked to write. I mean, it was the reason that that I became an English teacher in part in the first place. Um, and I reached a point in my teaching career where I was really ready to do something new. And um, you know, being a right-brained, writing kind of oriented person, um, 
I don't want to say that your choices are really narrow, but as far as you want to have fun and you want to love what you do every day, um, that was just a natural, a natural progression for me. Yeah. Sorry, I think we had a little connectivity problem there for a second. So I know you're you recently worked on your second book. Um, yeah. Or you're working on your second book? Um, my second book was actually um, called Hey Back Off, and it was published by a traditional publisher in 2011. So it's actually um, my third book that I've. I've So you're on your third book. So having kind of done this two or three times or two and a half times, why don't you talk us through what you're writing? What's your writing schedule? How do you actually get through the process of organizing your thoughts and getting the book written? Um, Well, I'm a person that's always worked full time while I've written. Um, And so uh, for me, it's about finding those pieces of time and making the most out of those pieces of time. Um, I'm (laughs) definitely an outliner. And for whatever reason, um, during the outlining stage, it has to be a pencil and a piece of paper for me. Um, and I get that, that outlining done first, and then I can go to a computer and write and edit and all of those kinds of things. So once you have the outline done, you do you start from the beginning and actually work from the beginning to the end, or do you pick certain sections that will be easier to write and write those first? How do you break down? Uh, I'm I'm a beginning to the end kind of person. <laughs> okay, so you write very, the outline and then you start at the top and you write. And when you write, how what would you say is a typical how long would you typically write for? Like would you spend an hour or a day or a weekend? How much time do you usually spend? Um, well that's the thing about, you know, working and having a family and things like that. It could be anywhere from an hour um, my husband works Sundays, and and so I usually have a bigger block of time on a Sunday, so it can be four hours on a Sunday, um, and I have to be open to, you know, when you have kids, there's there's interruptions and there's things like that, and and you really have to, I really had to train myself and and be disciplined that, okay, I, this is my block of time. If it gets interrupted, then. I have to have the discipline to go back and and find where I was at again and refocus. And so what's a what's a trick that you would say you've learned in in with the books you've written to help you stay on track? Do you have some tips you might give somebody? Um well I, for like I said for whatever reason um I I I that actual pen pen to paper whatever. So um, whatever my last thought, if I'm on a roll and I'm, you know, I'm always thinking forward to what I'm writing next, if there is an interruption or if I have to stop for whatever reason, I always have a notebook and I take that, that pencil and I write down, I just jot down, okay, this is what I was thinking when I stopped so that I have that reminder so that I can pick up. Yeah, I think that's a great tip. I mean, having some way, and it's probably not even what you write as much as just like 
the physical sense memory when you stop to write. It's like triggering something to help you just get back to that spot as quickly as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think those are really good, um, you know, tips that authors, as they're kind of getting to know themselves, getting to know their style, see what, you know, see what helps them get, see what helps you get back into writing or get into writing as quickly as possible. How about writer's block? Have you bumped into writer's block at all? Have you had periods where you haven't been as productive as you want? And what advice would you give about that? Uh, I, I don't think you can write without experiencing writer's block occasionally. Um, and when I first started, you know, when I first decided, decided I was going to write a book and writer's block would happen, it was so frustrating. And I would just, I would sit there and I would just, okay, come on, you got to get over this, whatever. But I had to learn you know what, if if you have writer's block, that is your conscience telling you, you've got to leave, you've got to go do something else. Um, and for me, it's usually something physical like exercise or whatever. And what I find is that that is the time that you need to rely on your subconscious because what, when, when you're doing something that you enjoy um, and then you come back to writing, I find that my subconscious has worked it out and I'm good to go again. Wow, I love that advice. I think that's terrific. I always think there's a message in writer's block, and the trick is to, you know, pause the frustration long enough to hear the message. And I think, you know, even if it's just taking a walk around the block or taking your dog for a walk or doing a couple jumping jacks, but doing something physical, I think, can help make those those connections. So that's fantastic. Yeah. It's okay, just, well, let's... I had to learn that it's, it's not a time to force your way through. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that seems to slow things down, slow the gears down even more. So let's talk about publishing, because you've, you've published a few different ways. So why don't you talk about how you publish your books, and then what, what the pros and cons are of, of different options that you've explored. Um, well, the first one, I self-published. Uh, but I, I want everybody to know I had a lot of help. Um, even if you self-publish, you still need some people that are in the know. Um, I had a friend who was a business consultant, uh, so she knew a lot about business and marketing and things like that. And then I have a friend who is a graphic artist, and so she put the pictures and, and, and made it look good uh, and things like that. And did um, she do the cover as well? Yes. Yes, she designed the cover, um, and then she designed the interior as well. Um, and I think that especially when you're writing, you know, self-help for a younger audience like I was, I mean, uh, kids are very visual. And so that was extremely important. Um, the second book I published with a traditional publisher. It is a very small publisher, um, and I have not had a good experience. Um, they didn't they didn't make any attempts to make that book, which is also written for teens, um, inviting an appearance. Um, they haven't communicated with me well uh, and things like that. And, you know, I don't want to knock traditional publishing because I, I don't know what other people's experience are. I don't have an agent. I think that would probably be very helpful. Um in in that communication kind of those those kinds of things um 
but with that one, you know, I was told that certain things would happen and then they didn't. Um, so it's, it's out so there. So this is a pretty, this is a pretty common story I hear on Book Journeys is that there's an excitement of getting a traditional book contract and working with a traditional publisher, but there's also, um, a loss of control. And in your case, did, did the traditional publisher, did they own, did they own the copyright? Like, did you give them the right to do the cover and to do everything and you kind of don't really get a vote or get as much of a vote as you might like to have? No, I don't, I don't have any say. And, um, I think what is frustrating to me the most is that, you know, when I, when I first began talking to them and they, and, you know, they told me they wanted to publish the book and I, it is very exciting because you're, you know, there's not an author out there who doesn't want to be published and, and, you know, traditionally publishing, publishing houses were the way to go. And so when I initially began talking to them, um, there were a lot of promises made. And then when I signed that contract and it was all said and done, none of those promises were kept. And they weren't legally... And did legally... you feel like those promises were in the contract? Like if you had to do it all over again, would you change something about the contract? Oh, absolutely. If Because that was the thing is those promises were made verbally. They were not in a contract. And the, and the contract is... Um, it was a pretty standard book contract, but if I had to do it all over again, absolutely, I I would separating. put the things that I want in there um, before I signed the rights away. Because um, the other thing that you need to realize is when you self-publish, you get to keep about sixty-five, seventy percent of your of your profit. Whereas with a traditional publisher, you're getting seven percent, right? So, so you have a lot to make up in sales, and you so know, like a lot. Publish, <laughs> yeah, traditional publishers can definitely help you do that, um, but you really need to be a lot smarter about it than I was. So, what were the pros? Why? Because obviously, you had self-published, so there was something. There was some part of you that wanted to go the traditional route. What were you looking for that you, you know, haven't gotten at least not so far? Um, well, you know, as an author, you're also you're always thinking about your platform, and definitely having a traditional publisher can help your platform. I mean, it sounds great when, you know, such and such a company publisher. Um, and I really thought that if I had a traditional publisher that they would help me sell the volume, you know, that I needed to make up for having a traditional publisher. I also, you know, looked forward to having those resources as far as designing a book. And mm. but what I found out was, hey, my my graphic artist friend did, you know, a hundred times the job that they did. Wow. Um, so and you know there's there's ego involved i mean let's be honest <laughs> you know there's sure. a lot of a lot of people think more of the author who is able to snag a traditional publisher cuz it's difficult but they think more of the those people than they do of somebody who just puts a book out there because you know let's say well, there's a lot compare, of well you can compare you can compare and contrast for us so were there, do you think there were speaking opportunities or media opportunities 
that you got because you had a traditional publisher? Like, was the reaction different in any way when you compare your first two books? No, in fact, my my second book with a traditional po- publisher got less exposure than my first book did. Um, wow. Primarily because, you know, even though you have a traditional publisher, you're still responsible for all of the marketing. Um, and I make no mistake about it, you're not going to get marketing help from a traditional publisher. And I don't Yeah, know you know, if, the irony is unless you're, you know, Dan Brown or J.K. Rowling, the, there's no publisher that's going to spend money or resources marketing your book. And, of course, Dan Brown and J.K. Rowling don't need marketing help. <laughs> They're going to sell lots and lots of books on their own. Um, but, yeah, publishers don't – they don't have the resources to market, number one. And they – they don't know your book the way you know your book. They don't know your space the way you know your space. And their job is to publish. But yeah. I think a lot I mean, of authors think they're going to get marketing help when that's not a realistic. Yeah. Book. And, you know, I thought going into it, I thought I, I was pretty realistic about it. And I thought, okay, so I'm not going to get a lot of help. But I did expect some help. And I expected some better communication. Um, mm. From the publisher, uh, I I don't I don't ever hear from them unless I initiate the con unless I initiate communication, and it's just kind of like, well, don't you want to know what I'm doing as far as marketing goes, so that maybe we can collaborate? Um, you know, there's just just none of that, um, which. And then in terms of sales, I think, you know, would have needed to have been, you know, 10 or 12 to 1. Have you found the sales with your second book have been 10 or 12 times your first book? No. No, not at all. It's it's not it's not selling at all. Um, and it's especially not selling when I decided that I wasn't going to spend my own time and resources mm-hmm. marketing that money. It was only... Yeah, when I was only getting 7%, I would rather spend my time and effort and, you know, what little You know, nobody has made, nobody's made that point on the show before, but it is, I think that's a very good point, is there is something demotivating when you're getting 7% on a book, you do feel like, you know, for every dollar, for every dollar you earn, you're earning $10 for somebody else, and it is a little hard to do the work involved in marketing a book when you're really doing it for somebody else. Well, yeah, and I mean they haven't they haven't done anything to motivate me or to um earn my loyalty. I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean as harsh as that might sound, I think that like, I don't think that's specific to this publisher. That is the story I hear of almost every traditional publisher. The model is broken. And I think publishers have their hands tied behind their back, and authors are, you know, just really, yeah, don't don't know how to make it work for them either. Unless yeah. you happen to have a hit, and then, you know, there's an investment on both sides. But if it's a regular yeah. book that requires, you know, marketing and muscle, it's hard to figure out, you know, the, the model that, that works and is a win-win. So for your third book, you've decided to self-publish. Are you going back and doing it exactly how you did the first one, or are you making some changes, and what advice would you give to people who are thinking of self-publishing? Um, uh, no, I'm doing this one different, because I I, I self-published uh, Hey, Get a Job in 2009. 
Um, and since then, we've had this explosion of Kindle and CreateSpace and all those kinds of things. And so my initial investment is, is nothing these days. Mm. You know, you can go on CreateSpace and and do all of it and, and put it up on Kindle and all that good stuff. Um, and this one is a little different, too, because it's a, it's a memoir. Um, mm. So it's more it's a more of a, a traditional book, you know, there's not graphics in it and there's gonna be less less cartoons or less uh imagery probably. Yeah, yeah, there's there's none. I mean it it, it reads just like a novel. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a true story. So um and how so, yeah, did you and so so you're doing more yourself? Are you working with an artist or did you who have you hired? Are you working with an editor or an artist or anybody else, or is it all you? Um, I I hired an editor, um, uh, you know, for the content. And other than that, I I haven't done, I haven't hired anybody else. I haven't hired a graphic artist. Uh, I'm kind of in that stage right now where it's kind of like, um, I this this book was like I said, it's a memoir, and it's it's more cathartic for me <laughs> mm-hmm. than, it, than it is about making money or or any of those kinds of things um and so I'm just keeping it really basic and I'm you know I'm not investing a lot of money in it yet I'm just I'm just kind of taking it slow and easy and, and picking and choosing what I want to do with this with this book so how do you balance the um the kind of artistic side or the expression, the catharsis side of writing, how do you balance that with the business of writing? How do you know, you know, how much of your energy you want to spend um, on on the business side of writing? How do you split that? Um, for me right now, it, it it's not about, you know, creativity versus business. It's about making a living and, and taking care of my family and, and the writing, and then the business comes last, <laughs> you know, hmm. um, because I have a full-time job and I have a family. And so, and especially with this book, it's, it's you know if it makes money great if if it doesn't that's okay too this was just it was fun to write it was very cathartic for me like i said um it's about about dealing with my my own abuse um and the and some things that happened to me and so um i'm very much more relaxed about this one because it doesn't have it doesn't have to do well financially um mm. and like i said it, it uh, I, I'm still in the process of deciding, you know, when and how do I want to market this. Um, there's a couple websites that I think do a great job with um, what they have. I mean, they don't market to a huge audience, um, but just enough to just kind of get it started. Uh, bookgoodies.com is something that I just discovered. Um, I do, I'll do a blog tour with it eventually. Um, and just just some things like that so that are really in, inexpensive. In the last, I don't know, five years or so that you have been an author, what would you say has been the most different thing than what you expected before before you became an author the way you pictured it? How is it different? Um, I would say that the, diff, the 
the gap between, you know, self-publishing and traditional publishing. I felt like when I started, you know, even though I self-published this first one, the first one, it was like, there's no way that I can experience any success because I'm self-published. And who's going to listen to somebody who is self-published? And Mm. Um, and I think that was the mindset of a lot of people. I mean, traditional publishers were still very much on top of their world. And yes. then you got electronic publishing and, and all of these kinds of things and everyday people talking about your book on their blogs. I mean, that's a, that's a powerful thing. And yeah. traditional publishers haven't tapped into that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're they're finally discovering. Hey, we need to get this on Goodreads, and we need to get people talking about it. But um, you know, I've done blog tours with. Um, oh, there's a group of they're they're just mommy bloggers. Yep. And so well, you know, there are like, hey, here's a book. Here's a book for your kids. Would you guys Would you guys read it? Would you review it on your blog? And I'll give you one to give well, away. Definitely and, a. And there are definitely a lot of changes in publishing. It's fast moving. That is why we do book journeys, in fact, is to kind of get advice from people that are in the up and coming. Uh, Jenny Withers, J E N N I E Withers, W I T H E R S, JennyWithers.com. She is the author of Hey, Get a Job, a Teen Guide for Getting and Keeping a Job. Jenny, thanks so much for being on Book Journeys with us today. Hey, thank you very much. And we'll be back next week, Changing the World, one book at a time.